Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. 
And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code FOODHEALS. Food Heals Podcast, episode 205. I think the very first thing people need to do is start looking forward, not think about what has happened to me. Just get very clear on their on their perfect destination of what success looks like for them in all of the areas that are important to them, which should be physical, mental, and financial health as an absolute foundation because they're all interrelated. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Hills Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In real cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and stressed. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately. All right, welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. And this is our first episode in our brand new Spiritual Entrepreneur Series. It's a bonus TGIF Friday episode, I might add. And we couldn't think of a better person to kick it off with than today's guest. Today, Susie and I are chatting with entrepreneur, best-selling author, and internationally sought-after speaker, James Whitaker. And after a 10-year successful career in financial planning, James began his own entrepreneurial journey. Today, James draws on his diverse experience to help people reach their potential in all areas of their lives. James is author of best-selling personal finance and motivation book, The Beginner's Guide to Wealth, named Book of the Month by Money Magazine in 2010. In 2018, his second book, Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy, was released as the official companion to the multi-million dollar film based on Napoleon Hill's timeless classic, a great film, by the way. James is also a proud co-executive producer of the film. And if you listened to the show last week, you know that we're kicking off our Spiritual Entrepreneur Series, which is five episodes where we're covering incredible topics like how to inspire others by doing what inspires you, how to gain the business building tools you need to earn abundantly for what you love to do, and how to manifest a business and a life truly infused with love. The Spiritual Entrepreneur Series is brought to you by Gabby Bernstein's Spirit Junkie Masterclass. So today we're also excited to announce that Gabby's free training video number two comes out and it is awesome. It's you can awesome. access videos one and two at foodhealsnation.com slash Gabby. I love the second video in this training. It's amazing. It's free and it goes along perfectly with this episode because today's all about, you know, how to manifest and receive abundance. And Gabby's video goes through our three major blocks to abundance. And then, of course, she talks about how to fix those. You know what I really enjoyed about this mm-hmm. this video is the myth-busting part about yeah. knowing that's okay to charge money for anything you want to do in the world. Yes. Because it's absolutely necessary in this day and age. You need to earn money. And why shouldn't you be charging for what you're good at and what you love? And this is something I personally had to mm-hmm. overcome. Yeah. A lot of us have to overcome mm-hmm. it. I mean, we're still overcoming it so that we can create more and more in this world. Well, most of us grew up with parents mm-hmm. uh, that didn't 
necessarily enjoy what they did or didn't weren't able to follow their dreams. They had the kind of yep. nine to five. I provided for my family, but didn't yep. really love what they did. But now we have the internet and you can do anything you want. So that's right. <laughs> What's your excuse? What's your excuse? Well, my, <laughs> I would say my old excuses I didn't know. And so that's why we're doing this series. Yeah. And that's why Gabby's doing her free training, you know, so that we have the knowledge and then we can take and the it support. Somewhere. It's a yeah. lot of support. It's the support. It's knowing our value and our self-worth so that we can create that life that we want and to be unapologetically exactly who we are. Yeah. So we also asked Gabby to tell us a little bit about what to expect in this video. Roll it, Roxy. Roll it, Roxy. Hey, Gabby, tell us about your free video number two, the three major blocks to your abundance and how to fix them. This video is amazing. This one is a game changer for people, game changer. In this video, I bust the myth that it's not spiritual to earn for your great work. If you're doing anything in the healing arts or spirituality or anything wellness oriented and you think that it's unspiritual to earn for your great work, then I'm gonna bust that myth here. And I share my step-by-step -step guide for bringing purpose into your career. So whether you're in a career that is day-to-day -day kind of corporate job, or if you're an entrepreneur, this is all about how to bring that purpose into your career. And the third thing I will teach are the three things that block your abundance and how you can fix them. So we're gonna cover all that in this video and it's all free. It's a 25 minute video, go enjoy it now. So check out that video at foodhealsnation.com slash Gabby. Next up, our interview with James. The Food Hills Podcast starts now. With a diverse entrepreneurial background, James has launched successful companies and products across a range of industries, including health and fitness, film, activewear, social media, and publishing. James has interviewed more than 100 of the world's most revered entrepreneurs, business icons, and athletes to really unlock their keys to success. His second book, Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy, was released as the official companion to the multi-million dollar film based on Napoleon Hill's timeless classic. Love that book. Welcome, James. Thank you very much for having me here. So excited. Thanks for being here. We're so glad to have you. And so you and I met under interesting circumstances. It was at the premiere of Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy film, which you are a part of. And then we also hung out at Brandon T. Adams' event, live to grind, but what was your relationship with the film? And then how did you get to write the book? Tell us all about that. Yeah, well, I had the opportunity to meet the filmmakers. I met Sean, Karina and Joel at Santa Monica, and we were talking about the project and their expectations for this. And I knew from that conversation that they were going to turn this into something pretty, pretty amazing. And they'd already had some people on board like Bob Proctor and Rob Deerdeck and Barbara Corcoran and Lewis Howes and a really amazing eclectic group of entrepreneurs and business minds. I had always had a very strong relationship with Think and Grow Rich because it was the book that transformed my dad's professional life. He was on the verge of a very difficult situation and then he read Think and Grow Rich and it completely transformed his life. So I think when I met with the filmmakers, I just asked them around what their ideas were for the, uh, for the book. Like what they were obviously going to release an update a book with the film and at that point they were just so busy with the day-to-day -day duties of making the film that they hadn't been able to give it too much thought so i pitched them a concept which they absolutely loved and then i came on board the project shortly after as author of the book and co-executive producer of the film 
That's incredible. And so I just want to step backwards. And in case anyone listening doesn't know, can you tell us about Napoleon Hill's original book and then how this got translated into a film and how it applies to today, like his practices and principles? And that's the book that affected your dad, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Napoleon Hill was a young reporter from Wise County in Virginia, and he was tasked with interviewing some of the most successful people who ever lived, people like Andrew Carnegie and Thomas Edison and Henry Ford more than 500 of the world's most successful individuals. So he wrote this book on the tail end of the First World War and the Great Depression, a really interesting time for modern history, and released it in 1937, which was basically on the precipice of the Second World War as well. So this book became an instant phenomenon. It showed how all these extraordinary people, some of the wealthiest people who ever lived, were able to turn ordinary actions through consistently applying a proven set of success principles into extraordinary achievement. And Napoleon Hill was the one, he basically coined the achievement philosophy, which was 13 steps to success. And he found that those who succeeded did so irrespective of financial starting point, irrespective of any adversities or perceived misfortune. The people who succeeded were the ones who had the faith, the desire, the persistence. They surrounded themselves with winners. They were able to control the thoughts that entered their mind and the corresponding actions. And it's had such a huge impact on the world that now 80 years later, uh, it's created more millionaires than any other resource in history and continues to sell so well. Like More than 80 million copies have been sold in the last 35 or 40 years. So it continues to have an amazing legacy and is completely impacted the lives of people like Oprah Winfrey and a whole heap of amazing people like Jim Carrey. There are so many people and we make reference to a lot of them in this uh, in this book. And it's funny because I discovered this book at the same time as I discovered Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. Okay. Did you? So here I am reading about how your thoughts and your emotions and affirmations can help you heal your body. And then somehow I got directed to pick up a copy of Napoleon Hill's book. Obviously, this is way before the legacy film and books came out, but it was changing my mindset around how much power we had to control our own reality. And I also believe in letting go of of control and letting things be. But I also believe that we do have a certain amount of control that we can create what it is that we want to see in the world with our bodies, with our minds, with our spirits, and financially. And that, I think, was the biggest learnings from those two books happening to me at the same time. It was almost overwhelming. But how do you guys break it down into a system that people can actually understand and apply to their life today? It's a good question. And the book itself, each chapter, each of the 13 chapters provides a very brief overview of each principle. So as an example, the very first one would be desire. It talks about that principle of desire in a modern day context. And in these chapter overviews, we reference everyone from Sarah Blakely, the youngest self-made billionaire of all time to... Spanx. Spanx, yeah. She's got a great story. Insane story. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. We've got people like Oprah Winfrey and Tom Brady and the US Navy SEALs. All these amazing high performers are referenced. But then it goes into detail. Each chapter ends with two stories of people who were able to really use Napoleon Hill's achievement philosophy to achieve the success they desired. And in some of these cases, the very first story is Janine Shepard, a woman who was a a national ski champion of Australia. She was a cross-country skier, once recorded the highest VO2 max of any athlete in Australian history. 
What is and, that? What's VO2 max? Uh, like aerobic capacity. Oh, okay. And she was on a training ride just a few months out from the Calgary Winter Olympics. She was on a, a bicycle ride on the fourth of a fourth hour of a fifth hour training ride in the Blue Mountains outside Sydney, and she was hit by a truck and airlifted to hospital where her parents were told that she wouldn't live. And 10 days later, she woke up out of a coma. And her story about her, I don't know, a lot, a lot of times in life we think we've hit rock bottom. It might be a, you've lost a job or, a, or something has happened in your life, maybe a relationship breakdown, whatever it might be. But it's, it's very rare that it's an immense physical trauma where you've hit rock bottom physically. And the way that she was able to get back on track and she got very clear on what she wanted. She was at home in an all-body plaster cast because she's a partial paraplegic. She was told that she would never be able to walk again. And she looked up at the sky and she saw a plane fly overhead and she said, if I can't walk, I'll fly. And that is the power of your thoughts and making that decision to take action and having the faith and the belief because as we grow up with these you know, we, you look at babies and children who I find so fascinating because I feel like they're society's best teachers. They provide instant feedback. They have the most amazing sales pitches. I find it ve- <laughs> They do. I find it ve- I never thought about it that way, but they they're really do. Brilliant. They're brilliant. They're little manipulators. They oh. get what they want. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you know what a hot cross bun is? Do you have them in America? Hot cross bun from the bakery? I, yeah, I do. Well, we consider them like, I would think of British. It sounds familiar. Yeah, like a fruit bun with a little white Crossing a little bread roll, yeah, with a bit of white icing shaped like a cross, and uh, they're very big in Australia. They come out around Easter, and I picked up my little niece Charlotte from um, from kindergarten, and I was taking her home, and I said, "Well, why don't we stop and I'll get you a hot cross bun?" Thinking Uncle James, the the best uncle in the world, and she points up to a news store that was there, a news agent we call them back home, and she pointed to a pink water bottle, and she said, "You're going to buy me that water bottle." <laughs> Oh, my God. And guess what I did? I walked in and I bought the water bottle. And while we were in the store, she goes... These are not the droids you were looking for. That she totally... That's right. Mind-melted you. She grabbed these stickers, a water bottle, and we went into the supermarket because she wanted a, you know, a certain sandwich for lunch the next day at school. And, and we bought half a dozen hot cross buns and cost me about 30 bucks at the end of all this. But um, it was an amazing lesson around beliefs and... Because as we're, as we're young, you see these children, they test the boundaries of everything. They don't really have any fear. And then they start to get conditioned by their parents, often for good reason, don't get me wrong. <laughs> and then they enter school and then you start to get reprimanded by your teachers. And then you enter the workforce where, of course, you start to get reprimanded by your bosses and you're worried about what your work colleagues might think. And you grow up with these limiting beliefs and then you wake up one day and you think to yourself, how did I get here? But all you're doing is focusing on what's happened in the past as well. So beliefs are so important and thinking about what's possible. Because if, if you think that something is impossible, you would never you would never try it. Like if you said to me, hey, I'm thinking about starting my own podcast show. And I said to you, that's impossible. And you believed it. You just would never start your own podcast show. Absolutely. But if there was a chance or you believe that it was possible and better yet, that it was going to be a huge success, you would start it. So... A lot of that is just overcoming the limiting beliefs. That's what Think and Grow Rich is so good at. It enables people and it empowers them to think bigger than their circumstances and really provides them very much a linear blueprint of how people, regardless of what situation they're in, 
can achieve success because at the end of the day, it's our beliefs that determine our actions. So I have to interject and add how I first heard of Napoleon Hill, and that was through Abraham Hicks. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, this was a long time ago, but I'd been turned on to listening to some of their stuff, and I bought some of their CDs. CDs, not tapes. It wasn't that long ago. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember Jerry Hicks talking about how they started and their story, and he had been turned on to Napoleon Hill's book. And so after listening to them for... Um, a period of time, he kept like I kept hearing that. I was like, "That's an interesting name. I gotta get that book." And I got the book, and I don't think I've ever finished it. Like I've picked it up a bunch of times, and I think that's because it brought up my resistance to that. Because while I know that's true, and everything you just said is true, and they even talk about it, how we get socialized, and then we start to believe, "Well, I can only do so much, or this is only possible for me and my lot in life." Then we make that our reality, where we impose our own limits. But reading that book kind of would break that through, and I, I think I would put it down and be like, I have to think about that. And it would keep me stuck. But that is how I first heard of, of the book. Very interesting. And there's actually, a, from all the people who I interviewed for this project, a very common theme came out. And that was any book in the self-help field, it doesn't matter what it is, you can only bring to it your life experiences to that point. So if you're reading a book at 15 or 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years old, that's why so many of these people read Think and Grow Rich over and over again. It's not like a novel that they yeah. read once and put on the bookshelf. Because they reinterpret it differently depending upon where they're at in their lives. Absolutely. Right. And the experiences they've had. Bob Proctor's read it every day for 58 years. Sharon, every day? Every day. He carries it around with him in this very special case. It's an incredible story. I wonder story. if he can recite it by wow. now. I'm sure, I'm sure he could. And is he a billionaire? <laughs> uh, I haven't seen his financials. <laughs> like the president, he hasn't released his accounting uh, statements. But, um, uh, yeah, he's doing very very well, well he can be president then yeah that's right <laughs> he's uh he's an amazing inspiration and obviously was the face of the secret when that came out and yes. is, is very instrumental in think and grow rich the legacy and his business partner sandy gallagher uh they created the company proctor gallagher and sandy is the ceo of that company when she heard bob speak and he basically the whole presentation was around helping people figure out what do you want what do you really want are you living someone else's version of your life or are you living your own life? And even Rob Deerdeck reads it every every couple of years. So it's, yeah. How that, many times have you read it? Oh, pretty much every day for about the last two and a half years, just nonstop. But it's something that I really love as well is listening to the Napoleon Hill lectures. They're actually on Spotify. Yeah. So if you've got a Spotify account, uh, there's even the Napoleon Hill greatest speeches that you can go online and buy. But just listening to his voice. A lot of other people have told me that they prefer the voice of Earl Nightingale, who was the, very much known as the voice of radio back in the day in a, in a generation past. But I've, there's a certain charm about the original Napoleon Hill voice. I find it fascinating. I absolutely love it. Uh, those lectures. So I can't wait to hear what it looks like. What it sounds like. Like I'm, a, I'm picturing like a 19. We said 1930s, right? That was when, in 1937 is when the book came out. I think the lectures were from a little bit after that. But okay, um, so I'm picturing like almost like a cartoon, like, listen here, see? Yeah, right, I know. I'm going to tell you how to grow rich, see? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You'll have to wait and see. It's, um, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, but it's a great thing to do as well because it's just the, the book has been updated. There are many versions of the book. It's 1937, so although the principles remain exactly the same, it still was written in a different era. So I, I don't know. I find listening to the the lessons, and, and I guess you take yourself back. You, you're transported back to an era that's gone, and it's just yeah, it's a certain. Well, you, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but listening 
is a different way of taking in information and it kind of Are you an hits, auditory listener? Yeah. Well, but not only that, learner. but it hits our subconscious. So like we were talking about hypnosis. I've done hypnosis. You can listen to that and you you, you can zone out. Like when you're driving, yeah. like you can zone out when you're driving and it goes into your subconscious faster in a different way and you yeah. absorb it differently than maybe just reading it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So these concepts... They worked for your father. They obviously worked for you. You quit your job as a financial planner. Can you tell us a little bit about your story? How maybe what happened with your father then inspired you? Like, tell us, take us through that journey. Yeah. Well, my, I spent 10 years in financial planning. That was my, my first real entry into the corporate world. My family, so my father was always in fin- the financial planning field back in Australia. So I guess it's just something that we just, that I just naturally fell into my sister was in in finance for a while before she had kids and my brother still is in accounting and finance as well so we grew up with an appreciation of how important it is to be engaged with personal finance because in this world of comfort and luxury that we live in people just naturally gravitate towards instant gratification and let's spend the money when we get it that's right and what's what's comfortable for us right now and that's to sit there and watch five hours of game of thrones rather than coming up with a household budget or monitoring yes. where your money's going. Oh, wait, that's wrong? Okay. That's- <laughs> Can we do both? <laughs> There's a balance. There's a balance in everything. I'm a Game of, I'm, I'm a Game of Thrones fan. Let me throw that disclaimer out there as well. So, <laughs> okay, um, But where people, people really need to be engaged in personal finance because it's not just your own wealth creation strategies for you and, and paying for your kids' education or, or their lives and their futures as well. You're looking after your own retirement or your parents' retirement. Perhaps you have a parent or a grandparent who has an aged care facility need. You might have insurance. Like how are you protecting the ones who you love the most? So that's why it is so important to be engaged with your personal finance because with a few simple tweaks, little things like spending less than you earn, setting up a a process automatically to pay yourself first, uh, investing a portion of the money that you make in, in smart, balanced, diversified portfolios. These are the types of things that lead up to massive results over time. And anyone listening can just look up a compound interest graph to see what something like $2.83 a day, which is $1,000 a year, just to see what that what that adds up to over time. It's just an absolutely incredible uh, change. So after that, but I, I always had the urge as well when I was when I was growing up that I was a black sheep of the family and a little bit different. I was I don't know not as studious as my older brother who was performed very well academically. I w- I always enjoyed catching up with people and uh, Game of Thrones Game later. Of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was The Simpsons and the Teenage Mutant yes. Ninja Turtles, that which are I think still going, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And um, so I just yeah I always had the urge that I wanted to start my own company and tread my own path. But when you grow up in the same city and you you're just hanging around the same people, all who I love. It's just very, very easy to stay in your comfort zone. And I guess you like that, that fear of criticism, which leads to inaction. And it was only when I moved over to Boston, I, I studied an MBA at an international business school that was nine months in Boston and three months in Shanghai. And that really not only, yeah, not only got me completely out of my comfort zone. some cities that are very similar. Yeah, that's right. And, and I was not used to the Boston cold, that's for sure. I love oh, snow, but city snow is a whole <laughs> different beast. And, uh, and it not only got me out of my comfort zone, it really immersed me in the whole entrepreneurial side as well. And I just naturally gravitated towards people who had their own business and were doing their own things because it just really, really inspired me. And I wasn't sure why, but it was just a natural fit for 
after that when I was in a position to do a number of entrepreneurial ventures. So got one of the world's largest CrossFit gyms in Australia and a- I thought you were gonna say CrossBun. No, what's, what's CrossBun? Well, you were mentioning the CrossBun. Oh, the hot CrossBun. Hot CrossBun. No. I didn't say hot. Sorry, Maybe, I mentioned uh, pastry and that's all I'm thinking about. That's right, hot cross buns in America is not a bad idea. <laughs> so, so, do you need some food? Do how about a hot here? cross bun fitness gym? Yeah, why not? Crossfit? <laughs> okay, I'll work on it. That's a new idea. Why not? Let's do it. Let's make it happen. We'll crowd, we'll the, crowd yeah, fund. Give them the pastry and then let them work it off. <laughs> it has to be in Venice. Go on. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I'll we could charge a lot for it too in Venice. <laughs> and uh, and so, yeah, had an activewear company, the CrossFit gym, a social media brand, was just involved in a lot of ventures. And then as co-executive producer of this film and author of the book, uh, just uh, seemed to be doing a lot of things. And I just wasn't clear on, as clear on my mission as what I should be. So in the last year, that's when I really thought about who I was and what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And what I really want to do is help people take ownership of their financial, physical, and mental health. So that's really, until my last breath, it's what I want to do. And whatever business initiative that needs to look like or I'm just yeah right now just trying to let the dust settle on on what's happening with the Think and Grow Rich the legacy project because there are a lot of opportunities that I've been very fortunate that have come my way but I don't want to commit to anything yet I'm just trying to get the word out there to help as many people change their limiting beliefs and increase the idea of what's possible and then I'll look at future projects after that. Beautiful so tell us about a little bit like the relationship between the mental and emotional health and the financial health and how those are completely intertwined, which sounds obvious, but a lot of people don't understand how much stress can build up over money that then can affect our mental, emotional health, which then can become physical. So can you talk a little bit about that? If you want to have a good relationship at home, you need to be very, very, very engaged with your finances because finances and communication are the two reasons that relationships break up. But if... One thing I always mention during my presentations and speeches is get a goal sheet. Give it to the person who you love the most. Just give them a blank goal sheet and ask or request, very politely request that you complete it separately but then share the results with the other person because then you have complete transparency around what's important to them now and what's important to them in the future. And this goal sheet ideally would have all areas, financial, physical, professional, family goals, and by doing that, you just you enables yourselves to grow together. But you can also see when your partner needs that freedom to go and do their own to go and do their own thing. So, and then on the on the physical health and the mental health side. So, a lot of the physical health issues can be caused by obviously a corresponding issue on the mental side. All of things which can which can be fixed via the right planning. But by getting very very clear on what you want, as soon as you've got that perfect destination in mind, it is so much easier to take the first step and then the second step, and then the third step, and it's certainly not going to be in a straight line, but over time, you will end up at least in the direction of your perfect destination, and that progress is what spurs people on to greater success. And another thing that I'm big on is just keeping it simple and keeping it consistent rather than trying to leap out of bed and do some extraordinary action in the one go. It just It's not sustainable for most people. You, if, if that's a big fitness goal, you're likely to get injured. If it's a health goal, you're likely to uh, then be gorging on In-N-Out Burger a couple of hours later. Yeah. If it's a financial thing, you might be very safe with your money, but then splurge it all on one big holiday. It's just, yeah, I, I feel like if you keep it simple and maintain that consistency, that's what leads to progress and extraordinary achievement over time, not perfection. Can anyone think and grow rich. They can. I firmly believe 
that they can because the people who I interviewed, someone like Barbara Corcoran, who I forget, but I think it was, uh, I think she had 11 siblings, grew up in this enormous family. Her mum must have been pregnant for <laughs> well over a decade, the poor thing. And she grew up dyslexic in this Catholic elementary school where she was terrible at school. She had no idea really what was going on, but that enabled her to really nurture her imagination. And she was not good academically, but that enabled her to find a way to improve her social skills and imagination that way. And imagination is one of the Think and Grow Rich principles as well. So it means that via a few circumstances of her getting out of her comfort zone and surrounding herself with the right people, she was able to be the queen of the New York property scene during the 80s and the 90s. Can you imagine that era in New York City? I, I really find that a quite a remarkable it's story. It's a good time. I'm from New York. And it, you said Times Square was really scary in the early 80s. Like I remember being a little kid. My dad's office building was right off of there. And they were holding my hand. I was little. You know, it was that kind of thing where they would lift you up. Well, I remember there was a bum peeing on the side of my dad's skyscraper building. He was an attorney in Manhattan peeing on the side of it and they're like oh here we go and just like lifted me up and I remember going to times where it was disgusting and Hollywood and Highland used to be disgusting when I moved here 10 years ago right by now the way. it's Disneyland yeah so yeah it used to just be like times very Square. very different and that and and the real estate obviously the real estate now skyrocketed from I mean I can't imagine the exponential growth that she experienced by investing and in, and in dealing with it absolutely obviously. and I just love that uh, the power that she had as a woman to go and really take control of her of her life because she had another situation where her her boyfriend and business partner at the time who owned fifty one percent of the company so Ooh. a controlling a controlling state don't ever do fifty one percent people Never no do fifty one percent and have the fifty one percent no yeah. that's what I mean in your favor yeah. make sure we get the percentages right there and um, don't you. 49. There we go. (laughs) And seek uh, professional legal advice for your unique circumstances as well. Yes, it's not Um, legal advice. And and yeah. We are drinking wine. Do not take us seriously. (laughs) Go talk to your attorney. (laughs) And her, uh, Barbara's partner and business partner, so a boyfriend and business partner, left with Barbara's secretary. So imagine that. Like, said, this relationship is not for me. I'm leaving you for your secretary. Barbara turned Tale as old as time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Isn't it? But Barbara it doesn't had have la- a Disney ending. So. No. Barbara had the last laugh and now sold her business for I think it was seventeen million dollars. So an amazing story. And wow. That another again like that's the a lot of shoes, Ali. <laughs> <laughs> for that shoe closet that's, over that's there. That's a lot of cold pressed juices on the, the main juice. streets of Abbott. I mean, those are my two favorite things. How did you guys know? Shoes and shoes. Done. And there's a, another guy in the, in the book by the name of Jim Stovall, who at the age of 17 was told that he would go totally and permanently blind. And that, like, literally everything that he sees is gone. And he was confined to his friends and family gave him a white cane and basically told him that he would have to spend the rest of his days in this room in the house where he would be safe. But he was not happy with that. And he surrounded himself with the right people, a man by the name of Lee Braxton, who was actually by some chance encounter did the eulogy at Napoleon Hill's funeral so it was very big on the Think and Grow Rich principles mm-hmm. and under Lee Braxton's guidance Jim Stovall was able to become the author of 30 best-selling books wow. while blind guess how many he wrote before he was blind zero wow. he wrote 30 best-selling books while he was blind and he also was the Emmy award-winning founder of the narrative television network so between that and the Janine Shepard story and Barbara Corcoran, and literally every other story in this book, people who say that they can't do something because of their situation, it is completely invalid. It just means they've accepted 
their temporary failure or defeat. Or that, sorry, that means that they've accepted temporary failure as permanent defeat rather than trying to figure out a way to get out of it. And I'm not saying it's not hard. It is extraordinarily difficult, requires years and years and years, if not decades of sacrifice. But what we're trying to do with this book and with this film is just help people really understand and believe what is possible for them. And that we don't have to be a victim of our circumstances. So I think I see this a lot um, with people I know, and I know it because I used to be it, where I thought I was the victim and I had no control. And listen, we don't have any control. Things are going to come at us, right? Things are going to happen. People are going to die. World wars are going to happen. It's how we handle it in the moment and how we come through it with grace and ease and then how we decide not to react and not to play the victim and go, well, that's not true for me. It may be true over here. It's not true over here. So I can move forward, right? So tell us about someone who may be sitting at home listening and going, you know, I'm the victim because this has happened to me. This has happened to me. This has happened to me. What are some practical tools or practices that they can use straight out of the book to get them out of those limiting beliefs? Because that's exactly what you said earlier. That's all they are. They're limiting beliefs. I think the very first thing people need to do is start looking forward, not think about what has happened to me. Just get very clear on their on their perfect destination of what success looks like for them in all of the areas that are important to them, which should be physical, mental, and financial health as an absolute foundation because they're all interrelated and make up the majority of, of what we need to be successful. After that, you need to think about your environment who are you hanging around with what is your like if your goal is to be a positive person there is no point hanging around people who whine and complain all day who's in your top five i want to talk about that because i let's talk about it because i remember hearing about like you are the average of the that's what i said top five five. why are you yelling at me because i'm excited about the top five it gets me excited so you're the average of the top five and i remember I was experiencing financial difficulty and I looked around and I was like, well, I have some friends that are really successful. I have some friends that are way worse off than I am. And I'm like, God, do I have to cut them out of my life in order to be successful? <laughs> Is that what, what I have to do? And I came to the conclusion that no, I, I didn't. But that when I started to shift or focus on really my beliefs, my limiting beliefs and just being like, what do I want? They fell away and more successful people came in. You were vibrating but, at a higher frequency. Well, and it was weird because I felt bad because I loved these people for who they were. Of course. But I had one friend, for instance, that super talented, very artistic, couldn't really find her path. Could She was a musician. She was an actress. She was she, she, all over the place. She's a painter. She's going to do this. She always had a new plan. I get her. I like her. Uh-huh. I know. She was very cool. <laughs> she was very fun. We met waiting tables in, in New York City, but she never picked a path and stuck to it. And... I remember I would invite her over and I knew she was kind of like, and I'd be like, and I'm, I feel like being a good guest, when someone comes into your house, you should offer them food, whatever, like be generous that way. And I remember feeling like, oh my God, she just cleaned me out of food. That's not good. Like, that's not a good thing. Like that made me feel badly about having her over. And I was, and then she kind of fell away anyway. Energy vampire, huh? Yeah, yeah. I like that term, energy vampire. Yeah. The, The funny thing about getting crystal clear on what you want that not a lot of people talk about is you just naturally start to attract people in your life who are going to help you get to where you want to go. It just happens on the condition that you're getting out of your comfort zone and you've got a plan to make it happen. You're working on your goal sheets and things like that. Just because you share a common past with someone does not mean you should share a common future with them. And 
there, I'm sure that there might be people out there making fun of us right now. It is no consequence to me. I don't care. Right. I'm crystal clear on who I am and where I want to go. I know you two are as well. And that to me is by far the most important thing, just being able to positively impact other people to help improve their lives. What happens when we get comfortable? When we get comfortable over time, we start to really forget about things until we wake up one day. And that was that's the whole thing about we wake up one day and we think, how do we get here? And that manifests in, in poverty, in illness, in bad relationships, because the opposite of that is living with intent and living with energy, purpose, and passion. That is the way that you become financially free. You look after yourself physically and mentally. You don't have to worry about having these enormous health costs if you're, you know, if you're morbidly obese because you haven't looked after yourself and you need to go and get some treatment. That is the difference. You really just have a much better quality of life. And not only that, you have amazing personal relationships and the freedom to structure your day however you want. There's there's one resource that's been really great for me, and that's the Five Minute Journal, which you probably heard of. It's a a book. So first thing in the morning, if you're struggling to start the day with intent and purpose and passion, most people reach for their mobile phones. They open up social no, media and they. I never I don't do, that. do that. What do you mean? They, they scroll. It's a very difficult habit. <laughs> I still do it every now and then. And uh, they scroll through news feeds and or emails you check and find out what's going on and before you know it half an hour has passed but you're reacting to the day you're not living with intent and with purpose but the five minute journal it's not five minutes in the morning it's two and a half minutes in the morning where you write down three things that you're grateful for and three things that would make today great beautiful and then for two and a half minutes before bed you write down three amazing things that happened to you that day and how you could improve it I do a different version of it, but yeah. Yeah, there are, yeah, there are many, many different versions. Yeah, the five-minute journal, it's available on Amazon and, and everywhere else. It's um, got a white cover. I cannot for the life of me recall the name of the uh, of the authors, but definitely worth, worth well, getting. Well, I, like I like that it bookends your day because I've yeah. definitely heard about writing your gratitude list and writing before bed because that's a very important time. And there was, going back to the hypnosis, there were, a friend of mine actually went through hypnotherapy school. She was on her show, Shauna Kerkorian. Yes. And she went to a very famous school here in LA and the founder of that school had advocated for writing definitely and, and this is nothing new but writing right before you right before bedtime what you want you know like just right before that that's an important time right before bedtime but I like the, how this book ends the day there's a, a quote I think it's from Thomas Edison that says never go to bed without a plea to your subconscious mm-hmm. and it's such a great quote like if you're thinking before you go to bed like what is it is it going to be some cat video on on Facebook right. or are you going to go <laughs> Best. There's Those a, are pretty cute. There's a whole heap <laughs> of other worse, uh, worse things out there on the internet that you might be seeing as well. Maybe it's like a terrible news story about right. a plane crash or a, a famine somewhere or one of the 500 wars that seem to happen every year. And uh, But if you're focused on your intent and what amazing things that you want to manifest in your life, like why wouldn't you at least try that? Which I have to say, I don't know about you guys. I didn't used to read the news as much on my phone and I've been more political and I've been more what's going on to our world and because it's scary. It's not helping me. And it's created this kind of panic and addiction. And, and I've noticed that it's, and I'm, I'm telling myself, I'm like, well, this is really distracting me from my own personal life, what I have control over, which is just my own actions and my own thoughts and my own behaviors. And I feel like for me, at least, it's worse now than it was, like, say, even a year ago or two years ago. I wonder why. <laughs> what happens? James. Well, what happens? Well, when you get into that cycle of watching the new stuff, it's all exactly the same. There's always going to be a stock market doom and gloom. There's always going to be 
huge issues with the political leaders. There's always going to be a military threat or the, the risk of terrorism and the need for increased security or a big corporation who hasn't done what they're supposed to do. And it's just this media news cycle that's exactly the same. And the media's job... They recycle stories too. I noticed like I clicked on once like the five best waterfalls you got to see in the United States. And then this story keeps coming back like the 10 best waterfalls. And I'm like, they're just... <laughs> this is an algorithm. I'm falling prey to an algorithm right now. Yeah. It's clickbait. It's bullshit. Yeah. It's clickbait. And the, the job of the media is not to inform the general public. It used to be. Yeah, it used to be. But the job of the media is to create sensationalist headlines like clickbait, that are enable people to click through so then they make advertising revenue. And when newspapers now, their circulation is way down, they need to figure out how they're going to increase their revenue numbers. Otherwise, they're going to go out of business like so many of them have. They've got to put up these bullshit articles um, that just work people up. And it's just not a... Yeah, I, I, I read the news still just to keep in... And check with what's going. I actually really enjoy the... Uh, have you heard of the skim? That yeah, email the skim. that comes out? Oh, I love that. The Skim and The Newsworthy with Erica Mandy. All the news you need to know in 10 minutes or less. And it's on, it's an Apple iTunes podcast. Oh, wow. It's I'll have to check that one out. Yes. Yeah, but The Skim, I, I particularly love The Skim as the um, the quote they have at the very top. They've always got something very, very funny and, and topical on this. So, uh, yeah, The Daily Skim is a great way to get your news, to yeah. keep you in touch without getting too depressed right. about the state of the world. Because it's a it, lot. It's all fear-mongering, and so they're going to tell you that you should be scared, that you're not good enough, that you're not safe. That it's you working. Need, that you need this pill. <laughs> really fucking... No, I'm but sorry. But it's not working with you in the health space, but it sounds like it's working no, with you. No, it is not the- helping me as a person or as, as an individual, but... Uh, well, okay. I'll, I'll Susie's holding a baseball bat right now. As well. I, I know. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Susie. No, what what well, do you need to say? No, I, I know that like we in the past when I get political and fired up... Our listeners are like, ah, we don't want to hear this. We want to hear about food. But like, wait, no, we're snowflakes. We're ah! snowflakes. Okay. But it's, it, I Thank mean, I, well, I'm trying to figure out that bounce. We talked about bounce. I'm trying to figure out that bounce because I'm an intelligent woman. I'm in my 40s. I care about taxes. I care about international goings on. I care about possible nuclear war. And it's like we've entered a zone that we haven't been in since the 40s. So how do we think and get out of that? Think and grow happy. Think and grow <laughs> safe. Safe. Because <laughs> I know you're not alone, right? This is, this is a universal thing that's happening right now. It's hard for people to meditate. It is hard for people to think positively when all of these things are bombarding well, in their face. I have a friend. I have a friend who's an acupuncturist. And she's all about thinking positively. And she turns a blind eye. She puts blinders on. She's like, I don't read the news. And I'm like, but? And she's like, no, I don't really want to know. And Who's like, happier, you or her? I don't know. I don't know either. I'm just asking. I'd, well, it's... <sighs> I don't want to get too philosophical. It's okay. No, I don't either. I don't either. But like, I, I think there's... <laughs> you have to be informed and you have to know what's going on in the world. At the same time, you have to balance it out and, and not fall for the clickbait. And not... Like, maybe I should... Re- can we remove the news app on my phone? I don't know. You need. It sounds like you need to. <laughs> Certainly the notifications. That's... Yeah. Oh, I turn that God. off. Removing yeah. notifications I turn, I turn that has off. been fantastic for me. But having, I like the skim idea. Yeah, the skim's yeah. great. I actually, yeah, I would generally read that with my morning coffee as I'm... All Australians are obsessed with really good coffee. So as I enjoy my delicious... Yeah, my delicious Cortado or flat white, uh, I have a quick read of the skim, find out what's going on and help wake me up. Yeah. And now you're going to listen to the newsworthy because it's amazing and you're going to be obsessed and you're going to be obsessed because they don't take a side. So you just know what you need to know without getting too fired. Susie's going to get fired up, but hopefully everyone else listening will not. But um, for real, 
What are the things that we can do to not take in all the negativity, the plane crashes, the wars, the fear mongering, you need this pill, you need that pill, all of the things that are can bombard us if we choose to partake in it, still stay informed, but not take it on our shoulders. I think the only real way to get around that is to educate yourself or in those important topics or surround yourself with people who are very, very informed in those topics. Like if someone asked me uh, about cryptocurrency. I was going to ask you about this. I was going to save it for the end. I was going to say, what do you think about Bitcoin? Let's talk about it. We can talk about it. But if someone asked me about crypto, I just turn around and I ask an expert. If someone asks me about, oh my God, I'm thinking about doing this particular diet or something like that. And my whole philosophy around that is to eat food that's not in packets like just have food that's natural and not processed it's fairly simple um eat real food do functional exercise but if someone has a question that requires a a more detailed answer i'll just get on the phone or a skype call with some very close friends of mine who are some of the best sports dietitians in australia who can tell me the you know phd levels i would much rather go to them than read some article from from someone online who might be a 15 year old who has 500 instagram followers telling people about all their, you know, she's the the one the one stop shop for everything from fitness plans to you know to juice cleansers and diet plans and everything like that. But I think, yeah, just educating yourself, respecting the platform for what it is. Like we mentioned about the media, their job is not to inform you. So you go and build a bomb shelter in your in your yard for the imminent war. Like, how do we really know in 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 many cases what is actually going on compared to what's reported? because we don't know the slant of all these different media outlets. So, yeah, I think it's it's I take a lot of that with a grain of salt to tell you the truth a lot of those things. I do too. And so I guess my question is, how do you get to the point of taking it with a grain of salt? Cuz that did take me time. Right? It did take me time to go, you know what? I got to let it go and live my life because I want to be hyper focused on my passion at all times and not let these things take me away. So how did you start? How did you get to the point where you could take it with it? Or did you always? Some people always do. Well, there's a, I think as teenagers, we want to care about the causes and we want to march outside the White House or do all the, or march outside our universities and on the streets protesting any cause we can, even if it was our own parents. But as you get older, you just start to realize that there are only two things in life there are things that you can control and there are things you can't control and i'm all for marching for your for your rights or if it's an issue that's really important to you of course that's that's a fantastic thing to do but if you cannot control something you have literally no control over it whatsoever take it with a grain of salt even laugh it off like it is of no consequence to your life you can let it stress you out or you cannot i just turn around and focus on on something that's really good. And when I'm in a very creative work mode, say if I've been doing an hour or two of writing and I or three hours of writing and I just feel like, hey, I need a break. I really want to just completely switch off. And I might watch 10 minutes of a Seinfeld episode or just something that really doesn't require me to think or is just so detached rather than putting on something that highlights a, a chemical attack in Syria or something where it's... or the pending threat of nuclear war. It's like, I can't do anything about that. Yeah. Like if we're going to get... 
It's like people worrying about shark attacks when they're when they're out surfing. If I'm going to get eaten by a shark, there's a 95% chance I'm not going to see it coming. So when I'm surfing, why would I worry about a shark attack? Because you didn't vote the shark in the office. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the difference. See, this is this is where Susie's always going to go, and I appreciate that. For me, it's like compassionate activism. So if I can do something active that I feel passionate about, I will do it. If it's going to bring me more pain and anger to do it i'm not gonna do it that's yeah that's great and i think having the opportunity to travel and meet a lot of people and just get a lot of different perspectives because all our opinions are it's just our perspective based on our experiences and what we've read in our relationships to that point so having the opportunity to get out there and and see the world and meet so many different people you just have you just naturally have a different perspective to a lot of this stuff yeah absolutely All right, let's go to a Facebook Live so we can ask you some questions about extraordinary achievement and high-performance habits. So you have a new spin on it, and it's for the modern day. So how can we have this rich financial life, but also an abundance in all areas of our life, mind, body, and spirit? That's really what it's all about, right? Yeah, and it's a common misconception that people think rich means only monetary value when there's so much more to having a rich life than that it's being rich in love and the relationships that you have the relationship that you have with your spouse your work colleagues your everyone else around you and also what type of relationship do you have with yourself are you confident each day are you excited and inspired to continue working towards your dreams that's what it means to be rich not just someone who happens to drive a ferrari Mic drop. <laughs> I'm out. We're all <laughs> done. Thank you very much, Facebook Live. Bye-bye. Just kidding. Susie, um, what was the question that you were going to ask him? Um, I will ask him a question. I wanted to know, like, what would you suggest to people? We kind of broached the subject, like, that are maybe stuck in feeling abundance, maybe looking backward and not, not where they want to be. How do they let go of that past? How do they move forward? We mentioned the five-minute journal. Yeah, it's, it's natural. It's just human nature for us to think about something in the past. But those feelings are strongest when we actually don't have a great deal of confidence about our future. It's like sometimes you lament a past relationship, but as soon as you enter a new relationship with someone amazing, we don't really seem to care as much about this long lost love that you had for a while. So people, their reaction when they find that state of stress for most people, they're say if they're caught on the treadmill, they're not literally in a metaphorical sense. Their uh, inclination is to run harder on the treadmill, and it just leads to stress and to burnout, and they completely run out of balance. But if they actually think about, they get very, very clear on what they want, and then they take the daily action to achieve it. And so much of it is finding balance, which you actually get by as we spoke about using the five minute journal because all these different things you start to take control and ownership of your day and the actions that you're going to take to get there and a big thing that I talk about in my presentations is that each day if you do not make the decision to win you've automatically made the decision to lose because it's just human nature to fall into that that state of comfort and relaxation until we wake up one day and we think to ourselves how do we get here but if you're If you're getting very, very clear on what you want, what does that perfect destination look like for all areas of your life? You're getting out of your comfort zone. You're coming up with a plan. You're surrounding yourself with winners. Your environment, if you want to be a productive person, you're going to want to make sure your bed's made every morning and you don't have a a pile of dishes sitting in the sink. I don't do that. Please go on. (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you. Did you you, just see her eyes? And then I'm like, I don't do the making the bed thing. And another one is embrace the struggle. It's so it's so important because 
oftentimes, and especially all these people who are 25 people mentioned in this book, it is how when adversity struck, it's how they handled that. That is what defined them and that is what led to their extraordinary achievement over time. If you get hit by a truck, which literally happened to Janine Shepard. How are you gonna? How are you gonna handle that? I'm not laughing at her, but if the world is picturing that, if the world just says you're blind, how are you going to handle that? Whatever happens in your life, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we can certainly plan for the worst and, and hope for the best. What are? You, go ahead, Ali. Do you make your bed every day? <laughs> I I'm the first to admit that I'm not great in the mornings. I've been trying to get a lot better. I actually have an amazing partner. I was gonna say, does your wife? Make She's a, yeah. She <laughs> she is a bed ninja. As soon as I'm out of bed for three seconds, the bed is made. I don't know how she does it. She might have a magic wand hidden somewhere. But uh, when she's not home, yes, I do make my bed every day because it just I'm not I'm not big on clutter and and things like that. It really, as a I guess being in the creative field, I suppose there are other creatives that might actually enjoy no, having I a think bit of we comfort. Would, we would vouch for that. Like we're both creatives. And do you make your bed? I started to. Um, oh God! First of all, I remade my That'd bedding my ways. because I was like, I don't like my bed. It's time for new that. sheets and new comforter and all. Of, I redid it. That can change everything. And then it yeah. did. And then um, it's and it's an easier bed to make. Actually, it's oh good. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know what I had you know, like compared to what I had before, and so it's just easier to make it look pretty. But I started to because I I remember hearing that that's important. And when you do make your bed, you start off your day with achievement. So it's a nice quick win, which is hopefully the first of many quick wins that you'll have that day. And at the end of the day, even if you've had the worst day ever. You come home and you've yeah. got a nice made bed ready for it's you to crawl into. It's not yeah. nice to come back to your bed when it's not, like when you're ready and you're like, oh, I got to make it and then get in it. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> okay. I've been with you 100% the whole time, but now I'm freaking out. Um, Tiffany, do you make your bed? 50%. 50%. Talk, do you make your bed? Actually, I just started. Oh, oh okay. I'm the only one behind here, nice. people. I don't make my bed. But let me ask you, if I don't want to make my bed, Will I not have a successful life? But what if I yes. consider making a smoothie my achievement for the morning or meditating my achievement? That's, that's fine. It's like it's like fitness fitness routines and, and diet. I feel like anything in life, you need to try a lot of things and then find out what works for you. It's hard to dictate what other people can do because we're all, right. we're all different. We're all human. Like you could be a different. super, like maybe Mark Cuban does not ever make his bed. That's or maybe right. he didn't. Like if Jocko Willink posts on Instagram, former Navy SEAL, an amazing guy. And I have I, a feeling he makes it bad. Who I love. Yeah. Navy SEAL. And it would be very, it would yeah, be he very, makes it very, bad. very well that shit. But he posts a photo of his watch to say, you know, I'm, here I am, it's 4 a.m. and I'm doing my workout for the day. Right. But you don't need to wake up at 4 a.m. No. Ma- it, it matters what you do during the day. It doesn't matter whether you do it at nighttime, during the day. It's your daily output total. Are you open to starting to make your bed and see if it changes anything? I don't know, you guys. This conversation is freaking me out because I've heard this before and I'm like, will everything change if I just make my bed? Could we get mobile here on the podcast and walk in and have some type of bed-making ceremony? Ooh. I think we need a live cam. (laughs) (laughs) Follow me. Just on the (laughs) bed-making. Just so we can prove that it's been uh, been done. But like any like any habit, it's just it's just a, a bad habit that you need to to get out of. Maybe you try it. Maybe you commit to making your bed every day for for ten days, and at the end of it, if you think it was great, you keep doing it. But it, isn't it, that what the whole Think and Grow Rich is about? Is habits, at least for me, and, and is more mental habits of of negative thinking or limiting beliefs. But maybe structuring like how you want to live your life. This is getting really deep about bed making. <laughs> no, I want to know. But maybe I like structuring everything. Structuring right like what kind of person do you want to be? Do you want to be that? I want to be that person 
Like, I am not that person now where anyone would be like, I'm coming over and be like, oh, shit, my house is a mess. <laughs> it's been two weeks since the cleaner was here. I want to be that person. Like, come on in, check out my pad. You know, I'm not that person yet. But maybe that carries over into other habits and beliefs. I don't know. If, yeah. I'm fascinated right now because I think I'm thinking and growing rich, but am I like totally missing the boat here? But if you're, it's hard to tick every single box in your life. If you've got a very happy life and amazing relationships and you're in a great career that you love and you're in a position to contribute to the causes you care about and the people that you love, whether or not you make the bed in, in the comfort of your own home is essentially <laughs> well, irrelevant. I'm at like 80%. So if I need to get make the bed to get to 100, I mean, maybe that's just That's what, what it might be. <laughs> maybe this could be the missing link to, uh, yeah, to get you partnering with Elon Musk on a new project. <laughs> okay, Elon, if... Shout out. If anyone knows Elon Musk, tell him I'm going to make my bet. And in exchange, he's going to come on the podcast. Done. Yes. Wow. Okay. Big words. Just putting it out there. Thinking but, real rich, but is people. But is this a pattern of other things? Like um, for me. Yeah. Yeah. Just last night. So I flew here this morning. And last night I was tired. I had to pack. I was worried. Like making right. sure I had everything. And there were dishes in the sink. I was like, oh, I just want to leave those there. I was like, no, I'm turning over a new leaf. Again, trying to be that woman that like, come on into my clean pad. I'm going to do the dishes even though I have a ton of other stuff to do. Like, is that a part of a bigger pattern? Yes, of, it is because I don't uh, do dishes either. Have you, have you heard? It's not all about you, Ellie. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> She's falling down. Okay, but I'm thinking of other Food Heals Nation listeners who are like me. But Dan does dishes, so the dishes are usually clean because of him and not. Can he come over to my house? Yeah. There is a quote that says, how you do anything exactly. is how, how you, you do, do everything, everything. Which I love. So, yeah, if you're... You're blowing my mind. I know. I'm sorry. I love I've it. I've just added an extra five minutes to your day each day. Extrapolate <laughs> <laughs> that over. Take a longer time than five sorry, minutes. Sorry, I forgot about the dishes. I was talking about the bed. I've just added half an hour to your day. Oh, Extrapolated for I a can't, whole. Year. I can't. I'm so excited. <laughs> so though. I won't be invited back on the show. No, you're you're <laughs> exiled. <laughs> What'd you say? Exiled. Oh, I thought you said your accent. Cast back to your uh, accent alone. Oh, no, gets your accent alone invites you. She's right. She's right. Your accent alone. You're back. I mean, can you come back tomorrow? Can you co-host? We're just all gonna host. Wow. I you I can just interview got us. Why not? I just got fired. Oh, Why not? Let's go back to limiting beliefs because apparently I have them. You and- do see? Okay, so I have to. Cut. I'm gonna break the fourth wall. Okay. I am so shocked to hear this because knowing you. You are I'm one of the positive. highest achievers I know. I know I have limiting beliefs, and I feel like you achieve way more. But I guess everybody has them. We, we, all, we, all, we all have limiting beliefs and doubts, and unless we are con- consciously focused on it every single day, which really is impossible to do with everything that happens in our lives for the 70, 80, 90 years we have on the planet, but you just need to be conduct a bit of a self-audit to find out where you fall down. And something as an example in my own life, I realized that when it came to my writing, I was amazingly good at starting writing projects like it might be a blog post I'm great at getting to 90% or 80% it's that last 10 or 20% that I struggle with so what I've recently did I actually had a Skype call with a friend the other day where once a week every Monday morning now because it's really important to me that I can get a certain amount of creative output a week regardless of what's happening you know I'm doing a lot of promo stuff for the book it's easy to to not have any creative output for a week and justify that so where every Monday morning at 9am, we're going to have a call. We're going to talk about our intent for the week, talking about writing specifically with the goal of each of us writing three blog posts. So that's going to be two blog posts for our own website and then one blog post for an external publication, might be Forbes or Entrepreneur or whatever it is. And by Thursday lunchtime, we send those blogs to each other and then the other person will be able to help give it a, you know, it's just nice to have that second set of eyes over it. 
And then by Sunday, it'll be completely finished. So by the time we have that call again on the Monday morning, we've already started the week by having three blog posts that are good to go that we can push out to the outlets. And what a great way to start the week. So, And it's accountability. If you don't have accountability, you won't finish anything. I mean, some people will, but I won't. I don't know about you, but it's like when you have accountability, you have a deadline. You have another person that's going, where's that article? Did you finish it? You know, for sure. That's it's, everything. It's very difficult to be 100% accountable in 100% of the areas of your life. It's yeah. just it's just not impossible. Like yeah. someone like Steve Jobs and Elon Musk, they're amazing people, but there's a reason they've had multiple marriages and, you know, like it's very, they're very... bad in bed. <laughs> they don't make the bed. They don't make the bed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. But having, but just, just being very, very honest and frank about who you are, what your weaknesses are, or what's going to help take you to the next level. So another example would be having a, my own website. Like I had my own website. I did it on Squarespace. It cost me like 50 bucks and took me 12 hours to do, but it was okay. It did the job for where I was. But then when I had the opportunity to outsource that, so now all my web design stuff is completely managed. It's a, it's a monthly fee. It's all done. As soon as I get anything that needs to get put up there or any changes, I can send it on and it's just taken care of. That is another stress out of my mind that I'm happy to pay for that helps get me to the next level of, of what I want to do, which is contribute to helping more people around the world. So people need to think about what is it in their in their own lives of what would make them more and more effective? Is there something that they can easily outsource or yeah, what can they do to add more time in the day or just be more effective at the end of each day? What is it about you that makes you so passionate about contribution? I think probably my parents. I feel like I did pretty well in the in the parent department, and I think I was uh, not the you best. Raised them well. I raised them well. Yeah, <laughs> I was not the uh, I was not the best teenager growing up. So I feel like I have an obligation, which I think I'll have forever, to to want to pay them back, just to uh, apologize for a terrible eight or nine years that I put them through, and just to really show the world that they are great people. My uh, mum's a psychologist who worked with abused children. So I guess when you're in that situation, you have very deep gratitude for a, a comfortable, happy and safe family home. And my dad in financial planning, where he's able to help change the lives of many, many people. Also, my dad particularly is extremely ambitious. Like he's up at 4.35 a.m. every day and, and writing and, and doing what he does. And he's 70 eight or something years old now and he just won't slow down because he just wants to continue to impact the lives of as many people as he can and my mum is a type of person that if someone cuts her off in in traffic she'll give them a nice polite wave purely to selflessly help them enjoy their day I this mean, is true peace when you've come because we know if we're yelling at someone in traffic it has nothing to do with that other person it has to do with unresolved issues within ourselves so it sounds like she is she has done it. Definitely. I want to be her when I grow up. Yeah, I actually use traffic as a calibration of my daily mood. So if yes. I'm sitting in there and I feel like I have that urge to get on the horn or maybe put up one of my fingers, I... Um, it's a the mirror. Thumb. <laughs> the thumb to say, hi, how are you? Please come in. But when I'm, when, I, when I'm in a good mood, which thankfully is most of the time, you know, you want to stop and let anyone come through because right. you actually take pride in helping that person cross the road. You've like, that's my contribution to the neighborhood. Yeah, but traffic certainly brings out the worst in people, especially no, here in LA. It's so true. It's a mirror of where we are because sometimes you're driving, I mean, for me, and I'm like, oh, please go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you can get in. And then sometimes I'm like, move, you're in my way. So it's a reflection of where I'm at. It really, it really is. And sometimes you have the, you know, you might have those days where you feel down on yourself or you get impatient that you haven't enjoyed the success that you feel like maybe you deserve. I had a moment fairly recently where 
I don't know, I just woke up and I feel like I'd put in a lot of a lot of work and set up a lot of things in place and it had just been a fairly long week. And then um, I actually, uh, then I got about three or four text messages from different people that said Rob Deerdeck had just posted on his Instagram story four separate pictures about how much he loved, you know, he grabbed the package that I sent him, which was a copy of the book. And he was so grateful for it and he absolutely loved the way I'd written to it so much that he posted it to his four and a half million followers or whatever he's got. And I was like, as soon as you get that, it does not matter about the shit that happened in your day yesterday or a bad week that you might have had. As soon as you're excited about something in your future, that's how all those things in the past don't matter. But the only way you can start the process of those things happening is putting in the work. Mm -hmm. So you've got to put in the work today, be smart about it, be very clear on what you want, surround yourself with people who can not only help you dream bigger, but accelerate your journey to where you want to go. That's how you make it happen. And I think that's an important point because I used to fall prey to what uh, someone used to call me, call magical thinking, where it is the beliefs, but it's not just the thinking and beliefs. It's, you, can't, you have to take the action. Exactly. You can't be positive, 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 and then you're in the fake zone. And just waiting for it to come. You have to write the blog post, go to the networking reach out to the person that said, call me, you have to take the action. And that's the the movie, The Secret, that came out in 2006. Great movie. I really enjoyed it. It was very, very popular. And they took it a little bit too far on the law of attraction around when you go to a, a supermarket or you go to Trader Joe's or somewhere that's notoriously busy, that if you just think about it, you're going to get pole position right there at the front. It just does not work like that. That is where I think they they might have created a little bit of a misalignment between some people and the public around success. It, there was actually a quote from Lewis that he said during my interview with him, and I've known Lewis for years, and he said, above all else, action every single day. That's it. Like When it's your purpose and you really believe that, seven days a week you're putting in the work because it doesn't feel like work yeah you have really crushing lows at times because that's just what happens when you're when you're starting to live the life of the success that you want but you're willing to put in the extra hours to do that people in the corporate world do not know how good they have it at the end of friday they can turn their phones off and don't have to worry about it until monday it sounds pretty good yeah yeah so i have a question tiffany Mm -hmm. does that rub off on you so Tiffany, <laughs> there we go. Oh! We've got it confirmed. <laughs> okay, so this is good information. Can you say it into the microphone? Can you tell us a little bit? Okay, so tell us what we're talking about real quick. Uh, Lewis Howes makes his bed every day, but he's a big belief in like action and like always challenging himself to do something he's not comfortable in. So that's like something that does rub off on me. It's just like when I'm uncomfortable, I know I'm growing and I'm doing something big. But if I'm comfortable, then I need to be conscious of it and try something different. And is it working for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, the last three years have been amazing, but the last two years with Lewis, like, I don't think the same way. Amazing. So Tiffany, Tiff Tyler Film on Instagram. Follow her. She does our videos. She does Lewis's videos. She's incredible. She does photos as well. All right, James. So what are your last words of wisdom? What do you want Food Heals Nation to go home with? I think probably the biggest one is just focus on on winning the day, making that a habit. Just focus on living each day with more intent, with more purpose, because as a result of that, you'll just have more energy and better relationships. So just focus on getting clear about what you want from all areas of your life and get into the habit of winning the day. 
Beautiful. And where can everyone see the film, buy the book, find you online, all that good stuff? The film is available at tgrmovie.com. I need to be very clear on the pronunciation there because of how Australians pronounce the letter R or R, as you say it over So tgrmovie.com for the film. And there's a whole heap of bonus content and other exciting goodies over there. Uh, the best place to find me would be on my personal website, jameswitt with two Ts.com and on Facebook as well. I've got an author page there where I'm trying to post more and more content to help share the success habits of high performers so people can, can use that in their own lives. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And uh, if we take anything away from today... Make your bed. Make your bed! Apparently, I have to learn. I will report back Food Heals Nation and tell you if I actually do it. I'm going to ask Tiffany to do it with me because she said she's 50-50. I'm never, never. I call someone, a maid that walks my dogs, and I say, make my bed. Phone a friend. Phone a friend. (laughs) Long story short, I will try it if Tiffany will do the challenge with me. And... Get the book, Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy. The Legacy. Thanks for coming, James. Thank you for having me. So much fun. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately. (laughs) 